Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Aaron Kramer with us from the other side of the United States over there in Baltimore. Um, Aaron is a new investor. I love having new investors' perspectives because you know I, know I know a lot of you guys out there are just getting started. So I think this will be a good episode. Um, Aaron, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Pleasure to be here, Gabe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. Uh, we like to hear how people got into real estate. You know, you're new. You're not new into real estate, but you're new into the investing side. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? Um, how did you get started in uh, real estate in the first place? Sure, absolutely. So you know, like every every investor has a story. You know how they got started, and uh, that's you know the beauty of it. Everybody comes from a different direction. Um, and, uh, I always love learning about, you know, other people's stories. So I, you know, my story goes back not too far back to the beginning of 2021. Um, but really has its roots, you know, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, before 2021, I just, I had interest in, you know, doing something outside of the nine to five and you know, I had money saved up and I was investing in some stocks and other things. Um, but I really had an interest to, to do more, to be more active in it. And I knew, friends and you know family friends and other people that uh, were involved in real estate in some capacity and um I wanted to get involved in that but you know like any new investor you don't know how to do that where to get started what what are you supposed to do to, to even break into that space um and so it was it, it was like a it was a long process for me to get, gain that confidence to actually you know try it out and so um, reading different books and, uh, you know, expanding my knowledge of just business and other things were, were a great help. Um, eventually, you know, I, I kind of got, uh, tired of waiting and gained some of the confidence I needed. Um, and so at the beginning of 2021, excuse me, I just, I jumped right into it. Um, you know, I first focused on single family, you know, fix and flips, which is in my area, which is in Baltimore, which is, like many investors, it's it's easy, it's accessible, you know, it's easy to start with financially usually. Um, and so that's where I got started, um, thinking that, you know, it would be fantastic and, uh, you know, quick growth and, uh, you know, I'd be off to the races. Um, and uh, did a couple of properties, um, you know, can't say that they were fantastic, but but the learning experience was great. Um, and as as that kind of went on, I started to realize that I really need to focus on something bigger, something better, something more efficient. Um, which led me to finding multifamily commercial real estate, which is now um, about eight months old, um, getting into that space. And so, you know, it's it's a journey that continues. It's still a pretty young journey, but really, really happy with what I've learned, what I've experienced so far. Yeah, man. Now, 2021, that's just like last year. I love that you're uh, already yeah. jumping onto the commercial side. Um, I always suggest, you know, we all get started. I got started in wholesales and uh, in single family. I feel like most people get started on the single family side, but there's no real need unless you really like single family. You can start right into the commercial side. And you realize, realize that fairly quickly. Eight months, it uh, looks like you were four months in when you started the jump. So yeah, that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, sometimes people get, you know, what, whatever they're investing in, let's say it's single family in this case, you know, they get involved. And it could be what they really believe in and you know what they started out believing in. 
And if it doesn't go well, it could be hard sometimes to transition to something new, um, you know, due to you, you know, sticking to your guns and wanting to make it work out. And so I, I was happy that uh, it was easily, it was easy for me to, to let go of it and to be, yeah. you know what, this is just not what I, what I thought it was. And so I'm moving on. Yeah. You know, I had enough of this. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's part of that process of knowing when to let go and, and focusing on the right things. Yeah. Yeah. And even once you get into the commercial side, there's, I mean, at least for my story, there were so many pivots, even after I made that transition, um, because I feel like the the goal is just to focus on real estate and then allow yourself to evolve. Once you get there, um, you'll start in single family, you'll go to, you know, wholesales, flips, uh, maybe you're a realtor, who knows, and then you go over to the commercial side and just allow yourself to kind of flow with a little bit as much focus as you can muster. Um, because if you do jump around too much, then things get kind of hairy. So For it's sure. good that you uh, you made it over here. Um, you mentioned, you know, you kind of, you had to build up that confidence. And at a point, you were just tired of waiting. Um, what was the biggest fear that was kind of uh, keeping you from making that leap? I think it's, you know, what everybody fears, the uncertainty, um, not knowing enough, um, you know, what do I need to know? Um, what are the pitfalls, you know, and, uh, you know, in my case, you know, with single family, you know, since it was a smaller property, I financed it myself. So that's, it's a big check I wrote, you know, it's, it's a lot of money that goes out the door in one whiff, um, and all, you know, scary things. You just have no idea what you're getting into. So it's just, you know, it's just a matter of not knowing, you know, if somebody who has experience, you know, let's say they went to school or trade school, whatever it is, and, and they know about the industry. So getting started is not a big deal. They know what they're getting into with real estate. It's like a black hole. You, know, you have no idea. So it just, <laughs> it's just a fear of the unknown. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you also mentioned, you said there were fa family and friends that were in real estate. Did they help you along the journey at all? Or were you um, kind of brute forcing it in there? I was, you know, I was kind of on my own. Um, I, I, I did have some people I asked some, some questions to here and there, but mostly just wanted to figure it out, um, which could be good or bad. I'm not sure on my own. Um, so I, I had a few people I had some ideas or questions to bounce off of, which was good. Um, but mostly it was kind of by trial and error. Trial and error. That is the classic way to learn. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so take us back to the first deal you did. Uh, you said it was a flip. Kind of just, you know, give paint us a picture of how that went um, and then, you know, what you did from there. Sure. So, you know, as uh, beginning of 2021 I, is when it really got started um, and I started looking at some properties, um, you know, because I was planning on financing it myself. I didn't have, you know, an unlimited, you know, uh, wallet. So I had a certain criteria. I was looking at smaller, you know, property. What was um, your purchase price? Uh, purchase price was actually it was it was a condo, so it was thirty eight thousand dollars. Wow! So you were under a hundred that yeah, you needed yeah. to be able to buy. Okay, this is great. No, no. So my 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 cap was probably like fifty to sixty, okay. uh, which is yeah, under a hundred thousand dollars. And so I managed to find something for thirty eight, which actually I think was like twenty percent below listed price or whatever it was. Okay. Um, and so it was small. It was really small, but I was comfortable with that because because it was so small, and, and so the risk is less. Now, what I learned was that you know the less risk is the less upside, really, yeah. and that, that's really how it works. Um, and and so there's I, I actually the the smaller. Sorry to jump in on your story no, there, but what I've found as I've you know gone through my journey is that the the smaller deals actually have more risk, even though there's less money involved because there's less cash flow. And so when you buy, you know, I bought a, a self-storage facility um, that was, it was 64 units, a really small 
facility and it was a great the cap rate was like 20 something percent so i said no way is this a bad deal what i didn't realize is that because it's such a small facility the cash flow um you can kind of get held up on that cash flow if it was a big facility and i bought it at an eight cap it would be a better deal than that or, or a more a safer deal than the smaller um smaller facilities so i jumped into your story i'm gonna let you keep going i just wanted to no, but that, that's, that's very that true there. there's, there's a lot of truth to that um you know, numbers are important, but you have to know what the numbers represent. You know, mm-hmm. those are, those are all very important things. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I bought the property, um, and, um, because it was a condo, so, which was also good. I didn't have to worry about structural problems. It was, uh, it was, so it was a lot easier for me to swallow that pill, um, because it was, it was so much smaller. And so, um, uh, got a contractor in there, rehabbed it. Uh, you know, it was very hands-on for me. I was involved in, you know, purchasing the material and designing and this and that. Um, and eventually we were ready to put it on the market. And because it was so small, I realized, you know, it was, it was harder to market because I think it was a, was a one bedroom. Um, and so, you know, you have to find the right person for that. And so it sat for a little bit and we did line up one buyer, um, whose financing fell through and my margins were pretty low. Um, and so when that buyer fell through, um, I then had to, cause I was paying condo fees and other things. And, um, it ended up wiping out my, my, uh, profit, you know, I ended up finding a buyer the next month and a half, whatever it was, but because of that gap, because of that, you know, that buyer that fell through holding costs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. It felt, it, you know, the, the profit fell, but you know, I lost a little bit of money on it, but I, I really look at it as money I spent on well-earned education, you know, and you just, you cannot learn things like that anywhere else, no matter mm-hmm. where you go. And so I, I look at it in a positive light, which I think is something you have to do and all the, you know, up specifically downs, um, in this industry. And, um, it was great to just get it under my belt, you know, and, and what I've learned, uh, is really, you know, more than what I've spent uh, in, in, in that, uh, in that loss. Yep. Yeah. The education was definitely worth it. Um, and while I do, you know, always suggest people start big. Um, I I like that you started at such a small deal. You know, thirty eight thousand. That's that's a very very small deal. Um, just because a lot of people they have it in their mind, you know, that they're afraid of big numbers, and so they do need to start at a small deal. And so they think they can't find anything under you know five hundred thousand here in Seattle. You know, prices are skyrocketed. So yeah. they think they just can't do it because the the price points are so high. But you can find really small deals and just cut your teeth on it like you did. Um, if it does go south, you're not going to lose a ton of money, but you are going to get that education. So um, that's great that you made it through. You got the education and you kept going after that. How did you transition from single family to multifamily once you did get uh, a few deals under your belt? Sure. Yeah. So it was kind of that, like I mentioned earlier, it was that, um, you know, thought process where I kind of realized, um, you know, when I started, I envisioned it going a certain way, um, growing a certain speed, going down a certain path and um, doing the first deal and the second deal. I was, you know, the whole time I'm looking at different deals and underwriting different deals and kind of looking at different areas, market this and that. And I'm just like, yeah, I started to realize that it just was not just going where I wanted it to go. Just not scalable. You know, efficiency was just low. It just, I'm like, this is just not working out how I thought it was going to be. And, you know, I started out on this journey, not just for the fun of it. I really have goals in mind, you know, to use real estate as a vehicle to really create, you know, cash flow and, and um, you know, grow money, grow your wealth. Um, and I really re- realized that single family space is just not cutting it. And so I started to look at something 
I started to kind of think about what what could be you know different, what could be bigger. Now I had worked in property management a whole while back, um, so I was like you know aware of the multifamily space and and um, other sectors of real estate. And uh, I kind of just fell into multifamily. Um, you know, I, I try to be active on LinkedIn, getting more and more active as as the days and weeks go by. Um, but really noticed some people on there who were doing some really great things in that space, um, and just talked to a couple of them, see you know what what it was about. Um, and that was probably about a year ago now, or maybe more. Um, and I thought to myself that you know multifamily seems like something a lot more interesting. It has a lot more potential. Um, so that idea sat for a little bit, um, and really at the beginning of this year. So now you know, going back seven, eight months now, um, I really wanted to focus on it and kind of grow uh, my knowledge of, of that space. And so I really started to heavily network like crazy. Um, and so I spent you know months just you know finding people on LinkedIn um, and uh, Zoom calls, phone calls. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people I've spoken to. It's got to be like <laughs> hundred plus people. Yeah, um, and it takes more than you think. It's uh, it takes more I, than you once think. you start, I, you're like, I can call ten people and I'll I'll get it done. But no, multiply it by ten, and that's the number you need to hit. Yeah, it's a lot of people, and it, it's tiring. You know, like it's. Um, I'm I'm like kind of the middle extrovert introvert, you know. I, you know, I can be outgoing, you can also be quiet. So it's it's a struggle to push to just constantly hop on calls, you know, phone calls, Zoom calls, introduce yourself, say the same story, mm-hmm. ask questions, yeah. listen, and it was it was very tiring, but the results were fantastic. I mean, you know, it you know it's not apparent right away, but over time it's really really apparent. And so um, I've created some just great relationships, people I know, you know, that I consider friends now, people that I can ask questions to, people that I'd want to invest in, you know, people that I trust. Um, and so that was that was really the catalyst to push things forward. Um, and so, you know, talking to people, meeting people. I just recently in July went to a multifamily conference, which was the mm-hmm. first one I went to in person, met some of those people I've met virtually in person, met some new people. And so the networking aspect, you know, People sometimes ask, okay, you know, you, you network, you talk to people, so what? What does it do for you? But it really builds a foundation, builds a base of people who are in that space that you want to you wanna be like them, you want to ask them questions, you want to you know, get to that success level. And so that's really what it really entailed to really get started. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so much more to networking than getting deals done, in my opinion. Um, people don't, they can underestimate how beneficial it can be to you. Um, and just having your head in the same space as people that are doing the same thing as you is so valuable, uh, just in your own, in my own motivation, I've found. Um, and there, you just don't realize it until you start to actually get out there and talk to people, uh, like you did a hundred, hundred plus calls you made, uh, started networking, started getting in the same mindset as other investors, um, can really move you forward. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you got in the multifamily. Have you, you've closed a deal or have you not closed a deal yet? So I've gotten in on the LP side, on okay. the, on the passive side, you know, as I, as I started to, to network, talk to people and learn about the space, um, you know, I was, I literally didn't know a thing. I don't know the difference between 506B or 506C. I didn't know anything. So, um, as I started to learn kind of the, uh, the crucial, you know, things you need to know, um, I, I want I asked myself, you know, how can I get involved? And so, you know, being on an active uh in an active role as a GP or in a JV is hard to do from the get-go unless you mm-hmm. come from you know the world of finance or maybe you are already, you know, a broker, you know, in, in commercial, 
Yeah, whatever it is. So if you have that background, okay, maybe you can jump in right away. But I, I perhaps didn't have that background or maybe confidence level, you know, goes back to the same thing. Um, and so I kind of identified um, an LP opportunity would be best to get started, you know, mm-hmm. to get in, to, to just to get in with the team, review deals, ask questions. Um, and so that's what I did. You know, I was able to look at multiple deals. I talked to different operators, found a team that I was, you know, very comfortable with that seemed to have a good deal, um, and uh, and invested with them. And it was a great learning experience, you know, to just kind of get your feet wet, but but in a in an actually you know participative sort of role where you can really you know invest and, and use your money to 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 work for you. Yep. Um, and so that's that's where I started. Um, nice. And the goal now is to to further that, you know, to, and to get more active. Yep. No, I love it. Uh, starting out as an LP on a deal, uh, I feel like is a great first step on the commercial side. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to be making the decisions, but you are going to kind of learn through osmosis. You're going to see what they are doing, what these experienced investors are doing. You're going to, you know, see the steps they're taking along the path to get those great returns. Um, so I think what you're doing is it's a great, you know, a great path. Uh, I know I'm, I'm sure you're going to be a GP at, at some point in the future here. Um, speaking of the future, what are your next steps? What's your plan going, uh, going forward? Sure. So my plan is, um, you know, the network aspect doesn't, doesn't end, you know, it's something that, you know, I certainly started really heavily, uh, doing, but it continues. It's something you have to continue doing as you build, um, in, in this space. So definitely want to, I want to get more, um, in person. I think in person is very crucial towards, mm-hmm. yeah. um, really cementing relationships and, and finding partners and teams that you can actually work with. So that's really goal one is to just be more more active in person, which is you know challenging to do because as opposed to virtual, you have to travel, you have to, you know take time, be there, it costs money. But again, it's it's an investment which I think yields tremendous results if you do it right. Um, and the second thing is to find some sort of active role. You know, I feel comfortable enough um, that I can you know give to a team you know something that they you know some, something of value. Um, and whatever it is, if it's a JV role, GP role, even if it's something minimal, but to find something that I can have some sort of active role, because I think that's really, that that's really the goal to, to, to be more active and to be able to be involved in, you know, the actual, um, you know, property and, uh, the whole, you know, the whole deal. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I'm going to take that opportunity to transition us into the quick question round because uh, one of our questions rolls nicely up into uh, into that segue. So are you ready for the quick question round? Let's do it. Hell yes. Let's get started. Um, usually we start with books, but because you just mentioned you're trying to find your fit, I'm going to start with strengths. Um, you know, Each one of us on this planet is gifted with specific strengths that we give to this world. What is your Superman strength? Sure. So a great question. Everyone, you know, has something to offer. Um, even if you don't realize it, I think everyone does. Um, and so, uh, for me, my professional background is in the construction industry. Um, been in the- Oops. looks like we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. He's going to come back in one second. Aaron, you there? I'm there. You hear me? Yep. I hear you. Keep going. Okay. So sorry about that. So um, uh, I think my background in the construction industry is really uh, a great fit to help teams, um, you know, with CapEx, with asset management um, and all around, you know, things that come up with properties. Um, I'd love to use that knowledge and experience I have. And so I think that's something I can offer of value. Um, but ultimately, you know, I'd be happy to, to give value in any, any, any aspect I can. Yep. Yep. Understand. 
Uh, it is very, very useful to have that construction side. We're doing, I'm doing my first new build now, and there's a lot to learn um, on, on the construction side for sure. Moving on though, back into the quick question round, we're going to go back to the first question. And this one is education um, book specifically. I'm a big bookie, but if you're not into books, give me two recommendations of any form of education could be YouTube channels, podcasts, whatever, two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, one for real estate specific. Sure. Um, I think uh, general thing I'd say is patience, um, which um, applies anywhere and everywhere, but certainly in real estate. And I've learned that, um, you know, firsthand, you know, you want things to happen quickly. Um, and it's always exciting when things happen overnight, quote unquote, uh, whenever that does happen. Um, but patience, you know, and, and seeing the picture, uh, you know, long term is really important. And I think that's something that I've learned and continue to learn and um, is, is serves me well in, in any, any aspect or capacity. Um, that's in general, you know, specifically with real estate. Um, and this actually rolls into a book I did read. So I'll, I'll talk about that for a second, which is actually not a real estate book. I know people have so many great re- recommendations of, you know, specific, you know, how to be a millionaire book and, you know, how to buy multifamily books, which are all great. Um, but there's a book I read um, by a guy named Guy Raz, who's an NPR podcast host for a podcast called How I Built This, um, where he interviews entrepreneurs of all you know shapes and sizes. Um, and it's really fascinating insight into what people can do when they just put their mind to it and have a passion to do it. And what that taught me was, uh, is that you don't need to be, you know, an incredibly smart person or have some, you know, unbelievable skills or, or will to do things. You just have to have a passion. And that's really what helped me gain that confidence to get involved and what still propels me to, to move forward because it's, you know, you get involved, you, you see people who have, you know, tremendous success. And sometimes it's hard to, to visualize yourself in those shoes. What you have to realize is if you just have that passion, if you just have, you know, if you want to get there, you just need to push it and stay by day and eventually you'll see success. And so that, that book was a catalyst and it's, it's not a specific real estate thing, but it's very applicable to real estate and has, has helped, helped me a lot. No, I, th- yeah, I think that is great. Um, it's great wisdom to carry with you. And I've seen it so many times in my own life where you see somebody at a pinnacle and you're like, no way could I ever get there. Um, but the thing is, you don't realize your potential until you actually go through the process. Um, and things 100%. always seem daunting when you just get started. But if you just keep going forward and allow your own intelligence to kind of work the situation, eventually you're going to be on that mountaintop. So great. it, I love it. Uh, moving on. And this one is for the United States. It's a big place. There's a lot of square miles out there, a lot of opportunity to invest. So give me one metro, one city that you are most excited about investing in today. I'm actually looking into the uh, Georgia market. Mm. Uh, I think it's an interesting market, which I think it's overlooked a little bit. Um, I was down there um, a while ago looking at a deal. Um, I think it's, I think there's a lot of potential there. You know, I, I know Texas is a hot market and there's a lot of hot markets, um, but they think I'm going to be um, focusing on that. I think it's, um, I think there's a lot there that's going on. Yep. Georgia is hot for sure. Um, whole the whole southeast down there, you know, Georgia, Florida, for sure. uh, yeah. even even the Alabamas and the Mississippis are starting to Carolinas get also, yeah, Carolinas. Yep, it's all it's all looking good. All right, moving on. This one is tools. Uh, tools form the b- backbone of our business. Um, I'm sure you have a tool for all the networking you're due. So give a point us to one tool that you could not live without. 
So uh, it's really two rolled in one. Um, it's and it's uh, super simple. It's my calendar, mm. um, which also works with Calendly, which I use, um, and I, you know many people use. But the calendar is like so simple; it almost gets overlooked, also. But it just helps me know exactly what I'm doing. And without it, you know, you just, I just get lost. Um, and because you have so many different things going on, you know, meetings and and uh, calls and you know, you know podcast interviews whatever it is um and it just it keeps me focused on what i have going on you know get it done cross it off sort of move on um so super super simple but super important to just keep keep your you know schedule moving hey man the simple things are the most important um time is our biggest resource and and the calendar is definitely the thing the best tool for that time and that leads us to the very last question. I'm sure there's a lot of investors out there, new investors just getting started that want to reach out and say hi. So what is the best way for them to do that? Sure. Um, LinkedIn is where you can find me. Um, that's the one social media platform I love to use, which I think has a lot of value. Um, you know, I used to be years ago, what they call a LinkedIn lurker. I used to just, you know, <laughs> be in the back in the background um, and just watch people. But I love to now be active comment, talk to people and meet people through there. And so I, I'd love to meet more people, you know, and, and learn from others and uh, share share value and knowledge. All right. Uh, and LinkedIn is Aaron Kramer, A-A-R-O-N-K-R-E-Y-M-E-R. I will put that link in the show notes. So if you guys want to reach out to Aaron, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find his link. So Aaron, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show with us. Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate it. That was awesome. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.